two out of three falls. Homage.com is still on the road to WrestleMania this week, March 23rd, 1997, WrestleMania 13. The Rosemont Horizon, fan favorite Bret the Hitman Hart, face the brash, aggressive villain named Stone Cold Steve Austin in a submission match that was the culmination of their white hot feud and would dramatically change the landscape of professional wrestling. Log on to homage.com for more details. Hey, and welcome to a new edition of Two Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And as always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great as always, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. I think we're less than a month away. Things are happening. Fast lane happened on, on Sunday, which was a very shitty pay-per-view, I might say. Um, everything <laughs> to is, say the least, absolutely. Yeah, man. I, you know, everything is coming into place now with Raw and SmackDown. You kind of see um, what directions they're uh, going into. But um, let's start with Fastlane. Uh, you already know how I felt about it. Um, a, a a very shitty pay-per-view to me, man. I think it was something where a lot of us were just were just going to watch it because it was just something to watch on that night. And it was nothing really, you know, groundbreaking or, 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 or notable uh, of what was happening that night. Um, we do have a new champion in Goldberg, a new universal champion. I think everybody knew that. Um, but other than that, Maybe the Cruiserweight Championship was the only bright spot of the entire pay-per-view before we start getting into matches and Raw and SmackDown. Just want to get your your overall consensus uh, uh, review of, of Fastlane from Sunday. Myself, exactly. I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well when you tweeted me following the event saying there's going to be a lot of swearing in this week's podcast in regards to Fastlane. I could not agree more just because it was an absolute shit show on Sunday. Um, I was expecting a decent show. I thought it had potential. It could have been a great show, to be quite honest with you. It both properly and the matches delivered. Not every match was bad, but there were just a lot of mind-boggling, head-scratching, questionable decisions on that show. Charlotte's streak ending for literally no apparent reason. They're, they're having Charlotte going to WrestleMania for the championship, so I don't know why they felt the need to break the streak on a fucking B-level fasting show. Reigns and Strowman was a good match, but Reigns losing or Reigns winning clean, I kind of feared what happened. That's exactly what did happen. And the main event was exactly what we all expected, but um, just happened in very predictable fashion. Literally at 1057, they started the match. You knew exactly how it was going to go at that point. It was completely unlike Lesnar and Goldberg from Survivor Series, where they had 40 minutes left in the show, and it you know took everyone by surprise. This one was totally different. And uh, that being said, just that was not a fan show on Sunday. It wasn't just an average show. Like the past few Fastlane pay per views have been like mediocre, if not like all right. This show fucking sucked. Like honestly, one of the overall worst WWE pay per views they've put out in recent years. So, and that's saying quite a bit. So yeah, it was not a fan show on Sunday to say the least. So it is safe to say that SmackDown pay per views are still undefeated against Raw, right? 
Easily. I mean, you had tweeted that out before the pay-per-view, and I'm thinking, okay, there might be a chance that Fastlane could be better than Chamber, because I said a month ago, Chamber was good, but mm-hmm. it was far from his greatest TLC, No Mercy, or Backlash. I thought it was one of the weaker SmackDown shows, pay-per-views that we've gotten to date. So I figured if there was any show that would beat a SmackDown pay-per-view with Fastlane, it was the exact opposite. It was absolutely atrocious. So, yes, I think the streak is still intact. If there's any streak that remains intact on Sunday, despite Sharp losing and Strowman losing, and, and Owens losing and everyone else, the only streak that stayed intact was the SmackDown shows being better than Raw's. As we said, Goldberg is the new Universal Champion. He will walk into WrestleMania 33 against Brock Lesnar. Um, he beat Kevin Owens in, in less than half a minute. Uh, we all knew that Goldberg was going to win with a, a slight ray of hope that Kevin Owens would walk out still champion, maybe do a, a title match with Jericho at WrestleMania, and Goldberg will fight Bre- uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, not for the title, but um, in true WWE fashion, uh, they gave us what they wanted to give us. So now we have a 50-year-old champion in Goldberg. Listen, I, I, I'm a big Goldberg fan, back to all the way to WCW and stuff like that, but you know, I, I, I felt, I think it's kind of sad that Kevin Owens who has held the belt since uh, uh, late August, um, does not get the opportunity to walk into WrestleMania as a champion. Now, I know he's he, he's a lot younger than Goldberg. He'll have his time to walk in into the main event as champion. But I felt like him carrying Raw, him carrying that title, a lot of injuries injuries were happening on, on Raw with Finn Balor and now with Seth Rollins. Him and Jericho had the program going on for, for so long as friends, now enemies. And I felt like, now that matchup gets relegated to to the U.S. title match, and now Goldberg, who I think he fought two matches, I think if you combine it, it's like what less than two minutes, and now he gets the main event WrestleMania. Although it, you know it'll be a big match, a big promo, big all this with with, with Brock and everything, uh, a thirteen year rematch from WrestleMania twenty. I get all that, but I just felt like how they did it. Uh, it, it just felt kind of weird that, you know, Kevin Owens can't even get offense on Goldberg for, for at least a minute, two minutes, three minutes to make it somewhat of a match. And then Goldberg just squashes him. And now he's the, he's the, 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 the champion against Brock. Uh, I, I, I want to get your input on, do you feel kind of, kind of sorry for Kevin Owens to not go into WrestleMania as a champion? Or do you feel like no matter what was going to happen, Goldberg was going to walk into WrestleMania as a champion? As you had said, I mean, I think we all saw this coming from a mile away. I can't say I was surprised they did it in the fashion they did on Sunday. I mean, on the bright side, I will say, at least they had Owens distracted by Chris Jericho. There was part of me, before Jericho got betrayed by Owens a few weeks ago, there was part of me that was thinking, Owens will go in there and get squashed. And I'm sure that was the original. They still got squashed. But I'm sure the original plan was to have Owens get beat in, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. Because you couldn't have the match go longer than the Lesnar match. Uh-huh. You know, they they painted themselves into a corner with this match. Uh, whether it be, I mean, like people were questioning why Joe didn't get involved. They had teased something earlier, and you know, Joe and Owens were on the same page on Raw the next night. So a lot of weird booking there. There was just it was very very odd. I mean, as you had said, this has been the case for years upon years now, at least since WrestleMania 29, if not 28. I mean, 28 CM Punk walked in as the WWE champion. Um, but you had Jericho, a part-timer at that time, 
going for the gold. At 29, it was The Rock. At 30, it was Randy Orton. But you had Batista in the main event with Randy Orton. 31, it was Brock Lesnar. 32, Triple H. Now, this year, it's Goldberg. Uh, just, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I mean, I, I wish I could say they had more of a match. But apparently, I mean, this is purely speculation. But from what I've read, the match didn't go longer than it did because they feared Goldberg might get hurt and they don't want to risk that ahead of WrestleMania. And that, that begs the question, like, okay, then what are we going to get at WrestleMania? Like, if they can't count on Goldberg to work more than not a five to ten minute match, but a fucking minute match, then what can they really do with this guy at WrestleMania? On Monday Night Raw, he took his first bump in 13 years when he took the F5 from Brock Lesnar. And he was winded after taking that move. I'm sure that was not selling either. He looked like he was legitimate, legitimately winded from taking that move. <laughs> yeah. So that only poses the question as to how that match is going to go WrestleMania. Um, how would you how would you uh, describe Kevin Owens' reign as the Universal Champion? It was not what it could have been. I will say that much. I mean, I think we were all... I remember we were talking right here on the show many months ago when we first won the championship, how excited we were that we were finally getting a breath of, uh, you know, a breath of fresh air. I mean, of course, Ballard was as well when he won the championship. He got her. She happens. Uh, but they went the right direction. They didn't put the belt back on Rollins or Roman Reigns, who still has not yet held that championship. So there is something he said for that. I'm sure he might be next in line at Lesnar. That's, you know, getting ahead of her. But... Yeah, for Owens' reign, though, um, just not what it could have been. He started his stride just way too late. The past two, three weeks for Owens have been awesome. Um, but the past eight months, whatever, how long it's been, he's a very entertaining heel. The Jericho stuff was among the highlights of Raw for many, many months during the dark days of the flagship show. Right. But he was never really posed as a legitimate threat. He was never painted as a threat to guys like Rollins or Roman Reigns. He was just an upper mid-card guy who just so happened to have the world championship. So the whole thing, I mean, then again, everyone's first world title reign for the most part is not all that stellar. Jericho's first reign fucking sucked. The guy's interference in every single one of his title defenses back 15 years ago. So it really was kind of along the same lines. He beat top guy after top guy, but in shitty fashion. And Owens was kind of the same deal. Um, so I hope he, he will be champion at some, you know, at some point again, as a full career ahead of him. So there's really no worry, no reason to be discouraged, but um, his first initial reign as champion was definitely not what it could have been. We're gonna be we're gonna be intertwining some things that happened on Fastlane that that led into Raw, but obviously, like we said, Goldberg, new champion, uh, which now relegates Kevin Owens with uh, Chris Jericho for the U.S. title, which you know it, it sounds okay, but it, you know to me it should have been for the for the for the Universal Championship. So we have KO Jericho at WrestleMania, which we all thought was going to happen. Goldberg Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Um, again, 13 years since their first WrestleMania match. Hopefully, it goes on. I wouldn't say longer um, than back in 04 or at WrestleMania 20. I think it'll go a lot shorter. Um, it, it, it definitely remains to see how they play that match out. Uh, and also, it's been, what, 14 years since Goldberg even held a championship in the company. I think back, uh, I keep seeing um, um, Unforgiven back in 03. He beat Triple H. And I think he had it for maybe two, three months. So 14 years since Goldberg has, has been a, a champion now, gets to walk into WrestleMania as a champion. Now, my question to you is, is, is that the fucking main event? Is the main event a two, three minute squash match? Or do you think, you know, they're going to build it, build it, build it, but put it in the middle, 
put it near the end? Or do you think Goldberg and Brock are, are going on last? I mean, again, as I said, I feel like the common theme with this feud is that they painted themselves into a corner, mm-hmm. and now it's in book. I mean, the first match went fucking 90 seconds, if that. The first match struck <laughs> 13, 14 years ago. And now at WrestleMania, you can't have... I mean, WrestleMania main event should be at least, like, 10 minutes is kind of a disgrace. That's like a raw main event. But for these two guys, can you really count on them having a competent match? Not really. I mean, they don't really have much in-ring chemistry from what we've seen. Um, I mean, the, what they did on Monday I thought was really cool, but the match is going to leave a lot to be desired. And as you said, you put it on in the middle of the show, like have Lesnar squash him in two minutes and then you move on to the next match. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So it's really a lose-lose situation. And it's not like with WrestleMania 31, where like, okay, maybe you can insert this guy, you know, wrestler X, Mr. Money in the Bank at the last minute, make a triple threat. You can't. Like, I don't see Balor coming back, and that wouldn't even make any sense anyway. If Balor mm-hmm. came back next week and said, I want my shot at the title, and they made it the triple threat. They've already said it in stone. It's Lesnar Goldberg. There's no way after at this point. You just got to accept it for what it is. But it does look like it's going to be those two for the title in the main event. And at least if it wasn't for the championship, you could have done that in the middle of the show. And then, you know, main evented with whatever else owns Jericho, the WWE title match. I highly doubt Wyatt Orton and uh, just, I was going to say Harper, but it doesn't look like he's in the title match now. I doubt Orton Wyatt closes the show. So, yeah, it looks like we're getting uh, the shortest WrestleMania main event in history with the exception of fucking Hulk Hogan and Yokozuna, which was one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. So, I guess we'll just have to uh, just eat it. I guess we're, I guess we're just going to have to accept it, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and, and WrestleMania 9 is, is the top two worst WrestleManias of all time, so you can add that to that shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> nine, nine, and eleven are truly hands down. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the, the 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 Mount Rushmore of, of the worst WrestleManias, and that's not even debatable. Um, so basically, what is the future of the Universal Title? When I ask that, I mean like, all right, Goldberg is going to hold the belt until WrestleMania. I think Brock is going to win that match, and again, Brock is another part timer. And then now, after that. Who, who who's left? Are, are, is Reigns going to be up for the title? Is Seth Rollins going to be up for the title back from injury? What happens to Finn Balor, who never really lost his championship? Brock Brock is going to have that belt come WrestleMania. What is next for the title once Brock has it? And that was another one of the issues that I had, you know, that I had with this match going into WrestleMania. Not only did the match be a five minute fucking snooze fest. Or, you know, even if it's bad or whatever. Not only that, but thinking forward to the future, which is why last year sucked. I mean, the only match, WrestleMania 32, that had any long-term, you know, foresight was the main event with Reigns as champion. Now, the match sucked. It really was not that good, but at least they thought in their mind, okay, Roman Reigns, up until the suspension anyway, is going to be our guy, and we're going to run with him with the championship. Uh, This year... It's like they're just going to put the belt on Brock Lesnar. I mean, he needs to win. If he loses, he might as well just retire at that point. So he needs to win. But the, the thing to me that doesn't make any sense is that they're having him work all these Raws going into Mania. Now until Mania makes sense, but they were scheduling him for Raws since the Rumble. He's been appearing at all these Raws, not on screen, but like after the show. Like, what a waste of an appearance. I would save that shit until after Mania, because you know he's winning the belt. And I would say that for payback or, you know, extreme rules and all the other raw shows where he can at least defend the championship because that was one of the biggest issues with his initial reign as champion 
or his last Raiders champion a couple of years ago that he never showed up. There was literally a three-month span where he never showed up, not once on Raw, despite being champion. And that's not his fault. He's just going to take the money and go home. It's the company that's not booking him or paying him what he's worth as champion. So coming out of WrestleMania, it looks like they will do it. looks like to me the only person that could beat Brock for that belt is Roman Reigns. And they're going to try to go back to what they tried to do two years ago, the Reigns beating Brock. And it's going to be even worse off because people hate Reigns more now than they did two years ago. So it's all fucking... It's all a fucking mess, but it looks like that Lesnar will be champion up until maybe SummerSlam. Unless they haven't dropped the belt in the Raw after WrestleMania, then what the fuck was the point? So, yeah, I I have no idea what they're going to do. But now I'm like, oh, man, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. They don't have many options. So I'm I'm very skeptical going forward, to say the least. You mentioned uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt earlier, so let's dive into that. Again, from the Raw side, we got Goldberg and Brock Lesnar for, for that title. But on the SmackDown side, we officially have uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Orton won the Royal Rumble, said to Bray, I don't want to fight you. All of a sudden, change his fucking mind. Burn Bray Wyatt's house down, whatever the case may be. And then had a one-on-one match with AJ Styles on Tuesday to determine the true number one contender. Randy Orton got the victory. He now goes into WrestleMania against Bray Wyatt. We have seen this match before, but I think with the overall story going on with the whole entire Wyatt family and the the dysfunction of the Wyatt family leading to Orton and Bray Wyatt, um, with the promos and with, with how they've been interacting and building the story, are you a little bit more intrigued with Orton and Bray Wyatt in a one-on-one match, which we all thought, it, you know, they they might put Luke Harper in there, they might put AJ for a triple threat, but it's strictly Orton and Bray one-on-one. Are you more intrigued now, um, as you were maybe a few weeks ago, about Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt for the title? A little bit, just because the story has been good. Um, I'm just thinking purely from an in-ring standpoint. From a storyline standpoint, it's been good. Mm-hmm. Like the visual last, I know we didn't do a show last week, but the, the visual of Orton, you know, standing in front of the Wyatt family compound and burning it down to the ground was fucking awesome. To yeah. me, it doesn't make any sense that he's the babyface. It should be a double turn, but that's another story for another day. In terms of the match, I mean, it could be good. Just the thing that I just keep on going back to, which I don't see many people talking about. I go back to their first match um, at No Mercy. And it sucked. I mean, the story was okay. They were doing all the hocus pocus shit at that point. So maybe that's what hindered my enjoyment of it. Um, but it, it just it was not a good match. It was just kind of boring. So maybe their chemistry strengthened from being partners over the past couple months. I'm not really sure. Um, you, you know, it's not a main event caliber match for Mania. It could still be good. Uh, it's obviously going to be better than Goldberg and Lesnar, which isn't saying much. But And they still held out hope they would get Harper in there somehow. I still think it'd be a way better match with Harper in there. He wasn't going to win. But I also thought maybe Harper being in there would be an opportunity for Wyatt to win and clean, you know, like pin Harper instead of Orton. Uh, At this point, I still say that Orton's going to walk out as a new champion because I don't see Wyatt winning again. In the story they've been telling, it looks like Orton's winning the championship, which to me is a fucking joke. I mean, they like Orton, but it's like Wyatt just from the belt. He's finally building momentum. And then he's going to drop the title. I mean, we'll get to that point when we get there. But um, from in terms of my excitement for the match, it could be good. From an in-ring standpoint, we'll see. But the story has been well. But all the number one contenders matches is fucking ridiculous for the last couple of weeks. But at least AJ Norton on Tuesday was really good, though. So I will say that was a fantastic main event. That should have been an Astromania, but whatever. So as of right now, you think Bray is losing at WrestleMania to, to Randy Orton? 
unless anything changes in a couple weeks, yeah, that's that's my prediction. I think Orton's going to win the championship. Yep. Oh, great. Yeah, you know, evolution back on top, you know. <laughs> uh, you know Orton and Brock Lesnar, the class of 2002 is world champions in 2017. Think about that for a second. Hey, man, you got somebody who, uh, who who was dominating wrestling in 1997 as your current fucking champion. So, hey, why not, right? <laughs> I mean, you did say, I did laugh at your tweet. I think it was Monday or Sunday night where you said, Goldberg is your new champion. We'll see you tomorrow night on Monday night night. This is the greatest, <laughs> this is the greatest night in history of our sport. And, and the Tony Giovanni's uh, voice, but. Yeah, no, it's like Nitro all over again. Raw's three hours, got the Cruiserweight back, Goldberg's world champion. I feel like I'm watching Nitro every Monday now. And you know damn well Tony Schiavone would have said the same shit on the air. Exactly. You know they would have said the same exact thing. You said it the exact same way, yep. Um, Real quick, so uh, again, with how they placed the title matches on, on at WrestleMania, we all know the WWE Championship is the main title in the whole company, but I guess if they put Goldberg Brock last, it'll kind of make it seem like they're putting the universal title uh, above the world title, right? Yeah, I think it would be the obviously the first time they would put the universal championship in the main event of a WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not really, I wouldn't say it's just because, oh, they're raw. That means the company sees them as being better. Or they really want to give that championship a new boost. I just purely think it's because you know, of the star power involved in Goldberg and Brock. Um, that match kind of has to go on last at that point. They've been really pushing that story for about four or five months. So it kind of has to go on last. But uh, I don't think it devalues the WWE championship at all just because that match is a bigger match. So it kind of makes sense. All right. Uh, staying on SmackDown real quick, I- I'll get back to Fastlane. Um, with Orton going on to to, to Bray uh, Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania now, AJ Styles gets relegated to the Shane McMahon storyline we saw um, that has been playing out on TV recently. And now, if people saw the quote unquote backstage footage of AJ, you know, running rampant on, on Shane McMahon and, and Michael Cole backstage, re- you know, really upset about him not main eventing WrestleMania. Now they're they're on that road to building that storyline officially. So AJ, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Um, I, for me, Grant, I think when it was first announced or first rumored that it might go that way, me and you were like, ah, come on, really? AJ had Jericho last year, and now he's going to get Shane McMahon this year. I, I thought AJ, I thought both AJ and Kevin Owens should have walked into WrestleMania as, as their, their respective brand champion. But now seeing you know these promos and these, and these and these confrontations i think if they keep going down this road i think aj and shane could not only be a really good match but can exceed expectations if they keep doing this thing where aj feels like he's getting screwed out of a championship opportunity what are your thoughts on on that on that uh confrontation right now as opposed to a couple of weeks ago I do agree. I will say, I mean, if you told me, do I want AJ in the main event? Absolutely. But at the same time, it's like this match, the expectations, I think, are really at an all-time low. Just because it is Shane McMahon, I still stand by what I said months ago, that AJ should be in a more high-profile match um, against, like, The Undertaker or Randy Orton or whoever. That being said, this match, I think a lot like the next tag team match, which a lot of people are overlooking, because that, that build to that bout specifically has been a lot better than I thought it would be. Damn right. Specifically due to the mid. 
<laughs> um, but AJ and Shane, I think AJ is kind of an invisible spot where he could really carry this feud. I thought the confrontation backstage was well done. The feud could be fun. It makes sense from a storyline standpoint. We all complain about, oh, there's no logic in this or that. But you know what? They've been building this up for two, three months. So it does make sense. The story is there. Will the match be good? I'll tell you the same thing I said a couple weeks ago, that this could be the equivalent to Shawn Michaels and, and Vince from WrestleMania 22, mm-hmm. where it seems like Shawn's being wasted in a fucking throwaway match, but they fuck a damn good match. You give these guys a no-DQ stipulation, I think AJ could get a really fun match out of Shane. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I think he could get a really, really good match out of him. So we'll see. I mean, Shane's match last year with Taker sucked, but it was like a 30-minute bore fest because you had two 50-year-old guys in there throwing punches for a half hour. Other than the big spot off the top of the cage, and that's not good at all. Um, but AJ, I think, works well with people that might be slower than him, like Shane. That's why I think a Taker match would have been great. So we'll see how it goes. But no, I do. I absolutely agree. I do not really want this match, but I do think I could be looking forward to it um, if, they, if the build is done right and they go out there and they just put you know a hell of a lot of effort into their performance. We're chatting with Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at Russell Rant. Um, back to Fastlane. We had the Raw Women's Championship, Bailey and Charlotte. Uh, Bailey gets the victory with help of Sa- with help from Sasha Banks, um, ending Charlotte's uh, pay per view streak that Sasha Banks cannot break. Um, and now they go to Monday, and then you know they try to find out who is the, the the number one contender and and stuff like that. Sasha wants to wanted the match with Bailey. Charlotte was like, "Nah, chill. You you know you you got to put me involved." And now we essentially have a, a another as of now another triple threat match for the title for the women's title at WrestleMania with Sasha Bailey and Charlotte. Um, from Fastlane, were you shocked that Charlotte took the L? to Bailey or how it went down were you shocked more about? Absolutely. I think both, actually. Um, the fact that, I mean, if Bailey won, that would have been bad enough. But the fact that Sasha had to interfere, that was so stupid. Just the way that it was done. Like she came down and legitimately made contact, made physical contact with Charlotte right in front of the referee's eyes. Why she was not disqualified, I have no idea. Um, just, I, it was not a fan. Like, Again, they painted themselves into a corner with this whole thing. Why? If Bailey had not won the championship on Raw, okay, and she won the championship at Fastlane, I would have sat here and argued with you. Okay, they could have saved it for me, but at least she broke the streak and won the championship. Like, that would have been worth it. But they gave it the belt in a random episode of Raw, and then they break the streak on a random shitty pay per view. And now she's going for the championship at WrestleMania. Why the fuck should I care? Like, it really made no sense to me why they blew off Bailey and Sasha on Raw. That, to me, should have been the main event or the, the women's match at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, again, we have another triple threat. We have a triple threat last year. And believe it or not, this is the, uh, I don't know what consecutive year, but we have not had a one-on-one women's championship match at WrestleMania since WrestleMania 22, 11 years ago with Nikki and Trish. SmackDown's not having one. They're having their fucking Battle Royal gauntlet, whatever the hell it is, which I also <laughs> don't agree with. I would have been fine with that as a triple threat. This, I, I, this really should have been Bailey Sasha. Sasha should have turned out around Raw. You could have gone in that direction. I know Charlotte had an amazing year, but you could have signed another match for her against, I, I don't know, someone from SmackDown. I just, we literally just saw this match six months ago at Clash of Champions. Like, I feel like this company is so short-sighted. We, we just saw this match a couple months ago. 
So it's really not WrestleMania worthy at all. I think the whole division right now is a mess. So yeah, I'm not a fan of the way they booked it on Raw or at Fastlane. My only thing is why Nia Jax is not involved. Again, they could change it. They have they have a couple of weeks to to include her, but I'm like, yeah, she just yeah, she had a match at Fastlane against Sasha. She lost, but now they're gonna do this triple threat with Bailey, Sasha, and Charlotte. Nia Jax is nowhere involved, nowhere even near mentioned. You know, what if she has a match with somebody and if she wins, she gets to be included? But it to me, it's it's always. The same three. It's always Charlotte, always Bailey, and Sasha Banks on that Raw roster. At least when you mentioned SmackDown, the Gauntlet Battle Royal, at least they're involving everybody. I mean, again, outside mm-hmm. of, outside of Nikki, which I think she'll be in that in that mixed tag match, you're gonna have multiple female wrestlers uh, fighting for the belt at, at WrestleMania. At least they're giving a uh, chance to to other other people. When it comes to Raw, Graham, it, it, you you know who you know who the top three are. You know, uh, again, I, why Nia Jax is not involved? Do I think if they put her involved to make it, make it a fatal four way, could it be more interesting? Yeah, but um, I think in due time they're going they're going to have to include her. But for the time being, they're just still stuck on Charlotte Bailey and, and, and Sasha Banks. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, it looked like the plan. I mean, like you said, we still have a couple of weeks, so there's always a good chance that you could be added at some point between now and Mania. But it looked like the story they were setting up was a four-way with Charlotte, Bailey, Banks, and Nia Jax. Uh, just considering the fact that Sasha just had a match with Nia Jax at Fastlane and she won clean, another questionable decision. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure whether that's for, for better or for worse. I don't think Nia's really all that good yet. She's better than she was, but they're not really saying much because she was not good at all. Um, she would be protected in the four-way situation. So maybe, I don't know if the match would be better or would be worse. So I, I can't really say too much about that. I will say, though, like you said, I mean, with the match on SmackDown, and like, at least they were utilizing all their women. Again, another match we saw at Backlash a couple months ago. We've already seen like a six-back challenge, which I assume is, that's exactly what that's going to be. But for Raw, it's like, I mean, they, they were kind of dealt a shitty hand, not really in the draft, but just in terms of what happened. Like, Alicia Fox is a complete afterthought. She's not good anyway, so I don't really care about Alicia Fox. But Paige is her, Summer Rae is her. Emma's there. Like, they aired another fucking vignette for her on Monday as evil Emma, which is cool, but it's like, why hasn't she been back now? Why hasn't she been back for, for months? She's literally been healthy. She got injured in, in May of 2016, and she was healthy by August, and they have yet to bring her back to TV in a wrestling role. That, to me, is mind-boggling. Like, even Marie is one thing, because she was terrible anyway. Emma is a great in-ring competitor. And why she's not in the mix with Bailey, Sasha, and Charlotte right now blows my mind. And if there's, if there's going to be a four-way, it'll be kind of random to put her in there overnight. Jax, because she hasn't been involved in many months, but it's like, oh my God. It's just, they, have, they have the women, uh, but they're just, I don't know. I, hopefully they, something happens after the draft where they draft Sasha to SmackDown or Charlotte. They got to get those two away from each other. Like they got to get Alexa and Becky away from each other too. Uh, so yeah, I just again, like I said, it's a mess right now. Well, like Daniel Bryan said, that you know, uh, for for Alexa Bliss for her title, you know, every woman available is going to be in this match. So you, you you know, you did mention Eva Marie. Are we going to see a surprise return for, from Eva Marie in a fucking championship match? Or I, right now, it's it's Alexa, it's Becky Lynch. Uh, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Alexa, Becky, Mickey James. Natalia, that's four. 
maybe Naomi, if she's back healthy, that's five. Um, I doubt Carmella. I mean, unless she 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 might be involved. I don't know. So you're looking at a four, five, <laughs> six person females match for the title on the SmackDown side. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. I mean, the four women that were involved in that tag team match on Tuesday, as you had mentioned, uh, even Marie, I'd be surprised. I mean, I heard a couple months ago she not that she got fired or she left, but there were rumors that she might have been asked for her release, that she might have been granted her release because she's out doing other stuff by now. The thing is, is that if they were going to bring back Eva, they would have brought her back months ago. Not that they really need her right now on SmackDown, but it's like they were obviously pushing her to the moon before she got suspended. And then uh, her you know, acting career took off, whatever. Something happened, so she hasn't been back. I mean, I guess they could bring her back. I don't really care either way. Naomi, I think the real reason why they're saying the way, they're, they're wording the way it is, as you had said, every available SmackDown woman on the roster is because they're holding out hope for Naomi. Um, they don't want to make the match. I'm like, oh, hey, Naomi's here. She's going to be the match guy, at least in this case. Right. Naomi shows up. She is clear to compete. It does make sense. And it's also cool, too. I mean, Carmella, I imagine she will be available. So I imagine she'll be in the match, too, even though she hasn't really done anything in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikki will be in the mixed tag team match. That's like five or six women right there. They could always bring back somebody. I mean, uh, maybe they, I know they already kind of brought back Nikki, but maybe Victoria. I know Kelly Kelly was in talks at one point, which I would not be a fan of, but I mean, I guess you could do that if you want to. So uh, there's a couple of different possibilities. I know my excitement for that match. Well, it's not like over the moon. I think it's way more than it is for the Raw the Raw match right now because I feel like we've seen the same match over and over and over and over for the past six, seven, eight months. I think the bigger question is, we know the Raw Women's uh, Championship is going to be on the main card at WrestleMania. Is the SmackDown Women's Championship match going to be on the main card as well? Or do you think that gets relegated to the pre-show? There's a good chance it could be relegated to the pre-show. I actually imagine it will be. I mean, as you... When you bring that up, uh, now that I think about it, they probably will relegate the kickoff show. There's, there's going to be like 12 to 14 matches like there was last year. It's going to be a lot like SummerSlam, uh, where there's going to be a lot and a lot, a lot of matches. Like three or four will probably be taking place in the kickoff show. And as much as I hate to say it, the, the one person, the one team, in my opinion, that should not be on the kickoff show is the Usos. For a company, for, for a team that's been in the company for seven years at this point, Every single one of the WrestleMania matches has been on the kickoff show. They have never once competed at WrestleMania. So I assume they'll probably get the shaft too on the kickoff show, which sucks with American Alpha. But um, I assume a lot of the SmackDown matches could be on the kickoff show. I think it's the Ambrose and Corbin on the kickoff show. I hope it's not. Um, but I feel like they're going to take the Raw matches and make those more of a priority over, uh, over SmackDown, unfortunately. Also from Fastlane, real quick, uh, Reigns defeated Braun Strowman cleanly. I know we're all uh, very upset about that. Um, come Monday, Taker returns. Or Str- Strowman's in the ring. He calls out Reigns. He gets Undertaker. Strowman backpedals like, all right, chill, dude. You got it. You know, I, I-, I respect you. He leaves. And then Reigns comes out, talks about, you know, this is my yard. Gets chokeslam. Boom. We're going to have Taker and Reigns, I suppose, at, at-, at Mania. But what did the taker Strowman? stare down mean Graham to me that was just a wasted opportunity to have Strowman lose cleanly at Fastlane was one thing mm. I don't know if he looked worse on Raw but that to me just made no sense I feel like I mean 
from a storyline standpoint, I know he's a heel, but Strowman for months has been like, give me more competition, give me more competition. He's gone out of his way to attack Roman Reigns. Damn. Yet when he's faced with new competition in The Undertaker, he literally just walks off. <laughs> yeah. He said, maybe it's a sign of respect. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, if that's the direction they were going in. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, Strowman to me, a lot like Jericho, was one of the best parts of Raw for about six months. Yeah. These dark days of the show. And now at WrestleMania, there's no obvious match. I assume he's just going to be thrown in the fucking Battle Royal. And just that they beat him clean. It's just, I thought that was so dumb. I thought they really should have just had Reigns come out. And even if Reigns forced Strowman to like flee the ring, that would have been one thing. But for Strowman to literally just walk out of the ring and leave like a scaredy cat or whatever, I just thought it was, I just thought it was weak. So I'm not a fan of that. But the Reigns and Taker conversation I thought was good though. Um, I'm not really looking forward to the matches of right now. Then maybe I could change my mind. But yeah, I thought just the booking of Strowman right now is just, not just not a fan. He's not like in. He's not damaged goods by any stretch. But what they did on Monday, it's not a fan of. It's like he said, you know. Well, I'm gonna try my my best Braun Strowman voice. He says like, <laughs> you know, um, I want competition. But then he sees Taker. He's like, not him. <laughs> exactly. Anybody exactly. but him. <laughs> 40, 50 year old guy. A fifty year old guy. He could probably knock out with a with a poke of doom. He runs away from that to me was just asinine. So yeah, really, really dumb. Yeah. I told you not take her. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, I, I mean, I, I, why you backpedal? My thing is, I think they had the order wrong. I think, you know, Strowman first, Range comes out, they battle, whatever. Take your music hits. Braun leaves in, in the in the fucking dark. You get Taker and Roman. Boom. Like, I felt the order was wrong. Why Taker came out during Braun Strowman's talk, I don't know. But then then Reigns cuts Taker off. And I'm like, y'all just reversed the whole shit of how it's supposed to go down. But anyway, I think, I think yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, we'll get Taker and Reigns at Mania. I don't know. Does that relegate Braun Strowman to the fucking Battle Royal? I, I, I don't know what they have planned for him at the moment. But right now... There's nothing for him at WrestleMania. No, I, mean, I don't even know Joe and Zane is more of a lock than for Strowman's doing, which is a shame. Uh, I mean, I could see those two in the Battle Royal too, which would suck. But, I mean, if Strowman's in the Battle Royal, he's got to win. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, we, we saw, it, to me, it would be a slap in the face. On SmackDown on Tuesday, your first entering the Battle Royal is fucking Mojo Raleigh. So you're putting battle royals between Mojo Raleigh and then Braun Strowman in the same exact match. That mm-hmm. team makes absolutely no sense for Strowman. It's a complete waste of his talent, all the momentum he's had over that six months. So I don't know what you would do with him, but at this point, it's just, I don't know. It just, they didn't really leave me, you know, with many answers on Monday, which is, can sometimes be a good thing, but for Strowman, the way they've been booking him, I mean, why not just have Taker interrupt the match on Sunday, which cost Reigns the match, yeah. and Braun wins? Like, what? What, I don't understand why they didn't do that. It's like that would have made more sense. But yeah, just the way they did it, like as I had said earlier, just not a fan of it whatsoever. Yeah, but uh, you know, don't forget. Also, Apollo Cruz is in the Battle Royal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Apollo Cruz. Yeah, uh, Apollo Cruz, Mojo Raleigh, and Braun Strowman. That's so, right. Oh my god. So, oh, I can't can't wait. Can't wait. So real quick, you think you think they'll do Joe and and Sammy again at WrestleMania? Um, I think there's a good chance of it. Other than that, I just don't know what else you do. I mean, I guess you could put him in the Battle Royal, but I feel like that's a better off as a one-on-one match. I'd rather have Joe in a match at Mania than not in a match at all. 
just even if he's in the, in the corner of Triple H. Like, that's one thing to be associated with Triple H, but he should be wrestling. But otherwise, why not just bring him up the night after WrestleMania? So, um, I, I think Joe and Zane it could be a possibility. And if it is, I could see that happening in the kickoff show. I hope not, but uh, maybe they give him a stipulation or something. I'd be full in favor of that. And I think that'll be a good way to bring Finn Balor back, right? To kind of like, you know, fuck around with Joe. Yeah, I mean, people thinking on Monday, maybe they bring back Balor to face Joe at Mania. I've seen a lot of people say that. I've had some people ask me that. I don't think that's happening at Mania. Uh-huh. I mean, if they didn't do it on Tuesday, if they didn't do it on Monday this week, they have three laws left. That'd be a very quick match to build for Mania. At this point, I think Balor could just be brought back either at Mania or the night after. I think at this point, it's cutting a little too close for Mania. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a feud you could do coming out of Mania if you want it, though. All right, Graham, I got two more uh, quick points before I let you go. Um, I said earlier, best match of the night at Fastlane was the Cruiserweight Championship, Neville and Jack Gallagher. Hopefully I said his his name right. Um, Neville (laughs) and Jack, uh, great match, which led into Neville and and Austin Aries, you know, post-match interview. Um, Aries attacking Neville. And I want to know, where does this lead to for the Cruiserweight Championship? At WrestleMania, do they do a one-on-one Neville Aries, or are they going to do an, a, a fucking multi-man cruiserweight championship match? They better not pull what they did with uh, with James uh, Owens last year, where it looks like they're going to have that one-on-one match in Mania that makes a lot of sense, but it makes too much sense. They put it in a multi-man match instead. That, to me, would just be dumb. Like, at this point, it should be Aries and Neville. That's the biggest match they can do. They built it up so, so well on Monday. I love the angle they did. Um, you could do that match one-on-one and then just do another cruiserweight open or a cruiserweight ladder match. You could do cruise, cruiserweight matches on the show and put the rest of the division in that match. But to do one match with all the guys in the division and with Aries and Neville in there as opposed to just going one-on-one would be dumb. So I really hope it is a singles match in Mania. You know, if they do a, a multi-man cruiserweight ladder match, you know the ladder is going to be purple, right? <laughs> I would not be surprised at all. <laughs> I mean, hey, purple ring, purple ropes, purple ladder, purple belt. It just makes fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, guess so. Um, last point, and I think this this has you know everybody you know talking since Tuesday. I'm not sure if, you, if you've seen it, but on Talking Smack, Miz and Daniel Bryan going at it back and forth real quick. I, I don't know verbatim, but the line that got repeated on, on social media and, and blogs was the fact that Daniel Bryan, I, I guess Miz was saying that Daniel Bryan can't compete because of his injury. Uh, you know, trying to paraphrase here, but Daniel Bryan said something like, well, um, is it because I can't wrestle or they won't let me? Um, we'll see what happens in about a year and a half. So everybody's like, well, okay, does his contract with the company end within a year and a half, or do you feel like in a year and a half he's going to come back to the company? Um, What did you make of that? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Because that's what's been happening since Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, people need to watch Talking Smack. I don't know how many times we've talked about this year on the show, but that show is fucking amazing. Sometimes even better than Snack in itself. Definitely better than Raw. Um, Just the stuff they talk about on the show is awesome. But yeah, the flying and this stuff never fails to disappoint. It never fails to... The amazing rap. Not, not that it's point. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, that one line from Brian where he hinted at an in-ring return. I mean, it definitely wasn't off the cuff. I know Brian says some stuff on that show. It's like he's obviously trying to get fired because he just doesn't care. And that's why Brian's so hilarious on that show. He's so awesome in that role. Yeah. Um, but that being said, though, I think there's a good chance 
that uh, I mean, I think his his contract is legitimate. I mean, that is that he's not lying. I think his contract is up in 2018, 2019, whatever. Uh, from what was reported last year, I don't think it was off the cuff remark. Though I think the company either knew about it or was planted in there just to get people talking. They did that kind of stuff all the time on talking smack, just to get people talking. Uh, but I would not be surprised that when his contract does, regardless of whether that was a work or shoot or not or whatever, um, I would not be surprised that if he leaves the company when his contract is up, just to go wrestle elsewhere. I mean, he said that a year ago. But I, honestly, at this point, I think he'd just be better off staying in WWE and retiring as a GM or you know in this in this role that he's in right now, talking smack because he's so fucking good. So um, I did pick up on that. I thought it was interesting. I don't think there's too much to do that right now. I think it was. Um, I think it was a word just to get people talking. But I guess we'll have to find out a year and a half though. Definitely, man. I know. I know. We'll get to some other stuff next week. You know, with Corbin and Dean Ambrose and what they got going on the tag team championship on Raw. Uh, I guess we'll find out the the number one contenders for Gallows and Anderson at WrestleMania on Raw. Um, the Miz and Maurice and Nikki and John Cena and their promos that they had back and forth. I, I think Miz really laid one in, laid one into John Cena on <laughs> talking smack. But um, we'll get into that next week. Graham Matthews Bleacher Report at Russell Rant on Twitter. Thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Randy. Great time for usual, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy.